he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- tr- <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the house. Cerritos, California, but I got a goat with me. <laughs> GB. Was that a bad goat nose? That was a great goat nose. Was it really? Goat nose, news, noise. Yeah. No, that was good. No, hey, man. How you feel? I'm, I feel good. How are you feeling? I'm doing all right, man. It's a Tuesday. We're in the house, and uh, we like recording here. We do. It's comfortable. It's relaxed. Yeah. We don't have the $3,000 mics that we had in the We studio, do not have that. But that's okay. But it's also a 20-minute drive versus a two-hour drive round trip, so there's always that. Hey, man. Time is worth money. I can tell you that. 100%. Uh, we have some 707 kind of report from GBs. We'll talk top performers, top teams. Uh, we got a sleeper of the week, and we got a terrific interview with a man who needs no introduction in the 562, uh, but... Mike G, formerly of the Press Telegram, now of 562.org, is going to be coming on the show. He's going to be talking a little bit about what he's got going on and what's going on at Lone Beach Poly with their coaching hire, Stephen Barbie. Dude, that was educational for me. Yeah. I mean, I thought I knew what was going on pretty well, but dude, Mike breaks it down like no other. Dude, he is, Mike is awesome. You know, he does a great job. So before we get to that, we got to get to our sleeper of the week. For our sit and sleep sleeper of the week, really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So, thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week. We're going out to Orange Lutheran High School. GB, you want to introduce this kid? I do. So at the tournament this past weekend, I was at the Passing Down Tournament. Those guys do a really good job. Um, I kind of found myself watching some of the younger kids. I feel like I've already seen a lot of the older kids. So I spent some time watching uh, one of the 2020 premium teams. And Josh Jackson out of Orange Lou is a receiver that I, I like a lot. I actually met him last year at a Huntington Beach High School tournament. And he missed his freshman year. I, 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 it was a broken something. I don't know what if I want to speculate, but it was a leg femur, tibia. Sure. It was one of those deals. Lower body injury. A lower body injury. But dude, this kid, uh, this kid lit it up. He's 6'2". Long, athletic, yeah. pure, natural pass catcher. Yeah. The game just looks really easy for him. Body control. Right. Uh, back shoulder fades, jumping over guys, just catching the ball. He competed hard. He wasn't goofy or being silly like a lot of the receivers I saw were. Man, he takes football very seriously and, and that's who we're going to promote. 
right? Yeah. Guys, guys that uh, guys that take it and play the game, as our friend Charlie Collins would say, with respect and the right way. And the right way. Josh Jackson plays it the right way again. A twenty twenty kid, but he's got you know a real athletic, like a, almost like a basketball body. Nice. Flu- real fluid, fluid kid, and and looking at receivers, man, I, I love to see fluidity. And Josh Jackson had all of that, so that is why he's this week's sleeper of the week. Thank you, Larry Miller. Sit and sleep coming through with the sponsorship. Josh Jackson, Orange Lutheran Lancers. I heard Orange Lutheran had a quarterback out there dealing this weekend. GB, can you touch a little oh, bit man. on that? Oh, man. So, Ryan Halinz, the Orange Lutheran had their own team out there, which I don't know if they're allowed to be called Orange Lou. That's, you yeah. know, like modern day used to be called Lids or whatever. Or but Orange, MND, Orange yeah. Lou had a team. Uh, Josh was playing for the young premium team, not not for that Orange Lou team, but they did good. I think they the Orange Lou team made it to maybe the quarters. Dude, Helensky was good. He was dealing. Yeah. He looks so much more confident. And we talked about that a, a ton. If you're any sport, any position, confidence is 90% of it. But, dude, he looks like he's so confident throwing the football. And tell you what, man, Logan Loyal is the real deal. They played a game against Ground Zero, and Armand Hawkins is on the side yelling, just yelling, yeah. double team Logan. He wasn't even trying to hide it. Double Logan. And you know how Armand, and they, you don't double anybody, right? This is a bit of respect. Press man. It's a press man. Our yeah. best guy will take out your best guy. We don't give a... He wanted Logan double. double. I, I don't think I've seen a kid this year at least and who gets off the line, has more moves getting open than Logan does, man. And he's got an offer, I think, from San Jose State. Yeah. which I love the fighting Brett Brennan. That's a friend of mine. Yeah. But dude, this guy should have 10 offers and playing in the Pac-12. No disrespect to San Jose State. Logan Loya is a dude. 2020. Yep. Um, I think we might have had him as a sleeper. Or we've talked about him before, so like we can't really talk about him as, as, as a sleeper. But him and, and Helensky was really good. And yeah, the Lancers look good. Got to shout out to my uh, linebacker over there, A.J. Gatto. Who my kid actually oh, yeah. played T-ball with? Wow! Back in the day, yeah. AJ Gatto, AJ Gatto, Kate Fuller, and uh, and my son all played in the same T-ball team when they were when they were little, like five, six years old. Wow. So, AJ Gatto playing linebacker was mean, angry, and aggressive. You got a great memory, man. I don't remember who played on my son's football team three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Only because these guys kind of stayed, oh, you know, stayed relevant. Yeah, okay. and, and plus, I mean, Kate's dad was a you know MMA fighter, so I knew him, and oh, okay, and then Gatto's dad's a friend of mine and so kind of stayed in touch that way but uh no we had a good we had a good little t-ball team man yeah it sounds like it man i think two of the guys on that team actually have signed already as baseball for for, for baseball wow. on that team that's yeah. awesome it's good times good is that times. out of huntington beach it is huntington beach uh u6 t-ball <laughs> six u t-ball i like it man so taking it back to you know 707 this weekend i would i didn't have a chance to be out there but uh, we know Premium won the championship. They beat... Be Rare Breed. Rare Breed. Who, again, I love I, Robert Bourne. I covered him in sure. high school. Sure, They got some dudes. They got they have a lot of guys. Uh, a couple of good-looking uh, young quarterbacks that I liked. Darren Jones was playing for him this weekend. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of silly. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's... I mean, he's 6'8", he's and he's so long and athletic. Yeah. Brock White was playing quarterback for him. Whole bunch of the Taj Davis, Cameron Davis. Oh, that had, um, they had a good squad. Yeah, Z- Zeron Manley, oh, 6'3 yeah. corner, making a ton of plays. Tron Madison was the other running back. Sure. They were loaded. So it was no surprise at all to see them go to the final. They actually had to beat the Premium 2020 team and then one semi, and then Premium beat Ground Zero in the other semifinal. And I think Premium kind of took it to Rare Breed a little bit in the final. But no, it was a cool, it was cool. It was a good event. Those are the, those are the kind of the final four teams. But uh, 
No, the, the rare breed team had a bunch of dudes yeah. that just, they just work hard, right? They're, they're kind of have that little bit of a chip because everyone talks about premium or GZ or even pro way a little bit. Rare breeds kind of just chugging along, but dude, they got dudes and Brock White's a really good quarterback. I mean, he fits that seven on seven where he's smart and sure. gets the ball out. And he had a great year last year. We talked about him a lot on the show, but uh, Brock was good. That premium team, which is so stinking loaded, the, the, the 2019 team. Right. Kyle Ford is doing baseball. He's a really good baseball player. So he sure. was out there, but not working out. Yeah. Um, they didn't have Gabe Floyd. They didn't have a couple other guys they were missing, but they still, I mean, Bryce Young, I heard this crazy stat. So from the time Bryce has been in ninth grade, whether he played with GZ, Cathedral, or now Premium, he has been to the final of every tournament that he's played in. So yeah. Bryce was really good. Brew McCoy was out there. Sure. And it was obvious he was the best player there. Yeah. Playing receiver. And he just couldn't, you couldn't cover him. He's too big, fast. Um, they had uh, defensively, you know, they looked really good. I love Cameron Fabi Kalani. He's made a big jump, I feel like, in his game. Looks, looks really good. Um, playing some safety, playing some corner. Gosh, who else do they have? Um, they had like they have so many guys. Yeah, Premium's got so many guys. They're, they're loaded. They're loaded. They're Jeremiah loaded. Cradell had a great tournament for Ground Zero. Good for him. He looked really good. It was him and Brew were going at it. Good. Like almost had to be separated. These are monarch on monarch. Yeah. out there. So Sean Dollars looks great. Yeah. Uh, shout out to his pops for Sean Dollars. Brought me a cigar for my birthday a couple weeks ago. So oh, appreciate. Nice. nice, great family. I love the Dollars family. He looks phenomenal at running back. Yeah, and again. He's a pads guy, but in seven on seven, it's not fair because he's just so quick. He's so he's got so much of this. Yeah. Right. People can't see what I'm doing. I'm moving my hand side yeah. to side. He's got a ton of wiggle. Yeah. Jaden Daniels made his debut and he looked he looks phenomenal. He's the real deal for sure at quarterback. Um, that premium 2020 team with all the youngsters though. Um, already talked about Josh Jackson. Uh, they had Anthony Beavers. They had Ron Ron Gilliam. They had Doug Brumfield at quarterback. Sure. Uh, defensively, you know, they had Brandon Jones, uh, who's now at Narbonne High School. He played at Grace Brethren last year. Yep. Uh, he looked really, really good. Uh, KJ Crump looked really good. He's at Culver City. That's a good young team. So overall, it, it, was, it, was, it was a good event. Parents were, for the most part, you know, in, in control of themselves. Um, wasn't too much nonsense going on. Again, passing down, it's just a really relevant event. They yeah. do a great job and do a nice job of kind of keeping the parents back, keeping the coaches in line. Had some security there. So <clears throat> no knucklehead that I saw. Uh, so, yeah, it was good. A lot of good young talent. Trying to think of any other players that we saw because we want to always try to love up as many guys as we possibly can. Uh, there was a running back from Team Acasa, the San Diego team. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what was that? Keenan Christian. USC. Keenan Christian. He's yeah. got a USC offer. From Madison High School. Madison High School. Yep. The guy can run. He's a baller. He's a 10, he'll be a 10, 500 meter guy. He ran 10, 6, 6 last year. Wow. So if you go 10, 6, 6, and the guy's not, I mean, he's built like a tank. Yeah, yeah. He's like not a small kid. No, he's 190. Yes. And like, I guess he's benching 315. He's thick. Yeah. So he kind of has, he's, he's more Ben Johnson than Carl Lewis. You see some track guys are kind of long and lean. This guy yeah. is built, you know. I like it. So he can, he can, uh, he's definitely a football player. I watched the tape last built night as well. Last. Built to last. So yeah. he was really look a really good looking player. And um, any matchups that you like, you talked about Cordell. Cordell Brew was, was a great Brew. matchup. 
Uh, what else did I see? Uh, was it, was Darian Green Warren took yeah. the challenge trying to, trying to guard Logan Loya. Okay. So there was a lot of trash talking going on in, in that game. It was the ground zero versus the Orange Lou game. Yeah. But uh, Darian looks good. You know, he's he's really physical. You know, you got to be physical to, to stop Logan. He's, you know, a lot of, you got to press him hard and almost hold on for dear life. Yeah. So Darian always wants that challenge. That's kind of how he is. That's kind of how he's built, right? So that was a good little one-on-one matchup. Um, what other one-on-one matchups did I see if, if I saw anything? Well, um, I want to go back to your comment about yeah. Bryce Young. Yeah. I made a comment maybe a week, two weeks ago. I said, the ultimate difference maker is Bryce Young. Whatever team he's on is going to win the championship. I don't care who else is around him. He's that good. And it just heightens his level of effectiveness in seven-on-seven because he can find receivers. He's got that ultra-lightning quick release. He's got tremendous accuracy and ball placement. Mm -hmm. Whatever team he's on, they're either A, going to be in the championship, or B, they're going to hoist the trophy. It has, like you said, it hasn't stopped uh, since he started on the high school circuit, seven-on-seven circuit. And uh, what just a, a phenomenal kid with the football in his hands every play. Yeah, Katie Bell was the other quarterback on that team. So he got, he got some reps too, and he looks, he looks good. He's a good looking player too. You know, one thing I was, it was funny, I was talking to, talking to Bryce's father, Craig, and one thing I didn't really notice until this tournament, you might have noticed it earlier, but Bryce holds the ball pretty low. Kind of the ball placement is low, and then he kind of brings it up. And I was like, God, you know, it's amazing to me how quickly Bryce gets the ball out because he holds the ball kind of at his waist and kind of brings it up. But I almost, it's almost like his, that's part of his trigger, where if you almost, usually, the, you know, ideally you want to hold it right above your, your right pec. Sure. Right? Um, Coach Tedford used to teach it way up here. Sure. And then, but most quarterbacks you want to have right there and, and his booth balls out, but he kind of holds it low. I think almost kind of like it's relaxed for him holding it there. Then the boom, the ball just gets out like a whip. You know who else does that? Aaron Rodgers. That's what the dad goes, and that's my favorite. You know, another thing about Aaron Rodgers that I love is there's always been that kind of misnomer. You want to stand tall in the pocket. Rodgers had a comment where he goes, you know, you don't want to stand tall. You want to be like a boxer. Won't be able to move. If you if you're a, a, a boxer, you're standing tall. You're stiff, right? Absolutely. So Rodgers, Rogers, he's got an athletic stance like a boxer, and Absolutely. he's the most. I mean, he's my favorite quarterback to watch. And uh, so yeah, you know, watching Bryce, kind of. I don't know, maybe if, if he's trying to mimic Aaron Rodgers, that wouldn't be a bad guy to kind of take some. No. You know where he holds the ball and just kind of how his stance is, and so yeah, overall good good times. And uh, yeah, hats off to Premium. Hats off to Rare Breed. GZ all made the final passing down tournament. That's going to be, I think it's going to be in Fontana again later on in the year. The top four teams always move on in advance. Sure. So all four of those teams, two premiums, GZ and Rare Breed will move on. So a lot of good young talent. Um, there's so many names. I wish I would have wrote written names down. There was, there was some, some good young, good young talent that I was seeing out there. So uh, that Achille Arnold was, was playing for what used to be called OC Elite. Okay. I think they're called OC, I think they might be called OC Premium now. I think everyone, everyone's attaching the, the premium name to them, but he was playing corner for them. Um, they had a, uh, a good-looking young safety named TJ Griffin yeah. from Mission Viejo, no relation to Elijah, but sophomore, 2020, the guy looks the part, playing safety, Keep your eye on this guy, T.J. Griffin from Michigan. He's going to be good. Okay. I think Chad's going to do a great job with him. And um, no, so that's always the funnest part about these events. It's kind of maybe seeing a guy you didn't already know, and sure. and kind of hoping that he uh, ends up being a dude two years down the road. So yeah, and to me, that's the best part of seven. Absolutely, it's about those kids who played either freshman ball the previous year or JV the previous year. You hadn't really got a chance to see them, then they kind of show up on the seven on seven circuit. 
They look the part. They make some plays. You keep kind of write them down. Keep your eye on them. Check their tape out um, during that offseason. Look for them to make a splash come Friday nights. Because let me tell you something. The Underwear Olympics can only get you so far. You got to make a splash when the lights are on. With your helmet and your shoulder pads on on a Friday night, GB. 100%. I'm glad you brought that up because just kind of talking to the – and I enjoy talking to parents. I'm a, I'm a people guy. And so sometimes you, you almost you almost don't get to see as much because you're t- constantly kind of talking. Yeah. But what, one thing I kept saying is – and I always encourage every parent, I go, hey, just know this is only part of the process. You might get offers off of this, but you, those offers are off the table the second that film comes on. And if they see you can't play with the pads on – that seven on seven offer is gonzo. That's uncommittable. So enjoy this part of it. Have fun with it. But man, just know that this is just the beginning, man. You got to get it done with pads on if you really want to keep that offer and keep your stock going. Yeah, there's no question about it. So we got a good interview coming up. Mike G from previously Press Telegram, now 562.org. Um, Greg, what would you think about kind of our conversation with Mike G coming up here? So I loved it. I loved it. And like I said, Long Beach Poly program has kind of been my adopted program since I started off at Student Sports. And our office was really right next door to the Poly program. And it's, it's a public school. So it's kind of easy to rally around that public school, one of the last few beacons of, of public school, Bastion. Sure. You can still have success there. And, you know, AP left, he's at ASU. And, and the hiring process, when it kind of went down, you know, I think, you know, they, they offered a. Uh, you know, Coach Barbie from St. Saint, Margaret's, people are going like, who's, who's this guy? Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. How's yeah. this going to work? You're right. I've talked to a lot of people that know him, and they said, this guy's a heck of a football coach. And I've always believed, man, Long Beach Poly kids want to be coached hard. They want structure. They want discipline. So those saying, oh, you know, you need a, you know, a guy who's in the community. You need a guy. You, you need to have a black coach to be able to respond, you know, relate to. I'm saying, no, these are football players that will respect and respond to a football coach as long as they're being coached up. Of course. As long as they're being taught. They want to be taught. Yeah. They, they want that. So I'm excited. Yeah, you got to be careful when ignorant people's talk, man. <laughs> they kind of don't know what they're talking about most times. But uh, no, let's get right into it. Uh, Mike G. Formerly a Long Beach Press Telegram, sharing his, his thoughts and showing us some love here on The Transparent Truth. Now we'd like to bring in one of Long Beach's finest. Oh. Last seen at the Long Beach Press Telegram, writing for high school sports, high school football, high school basketball. Uh, Mike, how do you pronounce your last name? That's a great starting question. Uh, you know, I found the best way to tell people to pronounce it is G. <laughs> My man Mike G. We got Mike G on the line. Fill uh, us in on the latest and greatest what's going on in the five six two. I got my man GB with me. GB, go ahead and shoot him. What you got? So I was actually working on this, dude. I think it's. I think it comes out pretty easily. Guardabasio. Guardabasio. You 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 pretty much got it for sure. I mean, you know, people usually just call JJ and I both Gazettes because we've been at the Gazettes or the Press Telegram for so long. And uh, it's easier than learning our names or how to pronounce my last name. So, <laughs> so Mike, I'll be honest. I was a little disappointed. You know, I reached out to you via DM. You, you, you and JJ just—I mean, you guys aren't from LA. You're not from Orange County. You're not from San Diego. You guys are from Long Beach. You guys are true Long Beach sports. And uh, I, I don't want to spend too much time because I'm, I'm sure you're probably tired of talking about it. But I do want to talk a little bit about the 562.org, if you can. Obviously, we want to get into the whole Long Beach Poly. 
coaching situation. Absolutely. New, new head coach, Stephen Barbie. But first, catch me up. What are you guys doing now, you and JJ? And explain, yeah. me, break this down. How can we find you? So, you know, JJ uh, Fiddler and myself, we've been working together for 10 years. We met at Long Beach State. Uh, we've been covering Long Beach sports, like I said, for a decade. Uh, first at the Long Beach Post, then at the Gazette for eight years, the Press-Telegram for the last five years. Um, and we were part of the massive group of high school sports writers that got laid off uh, last month. And we just sort of figured, okay, we'll go get PR jobs. But the response from the city, uh, because the paper did lay off all of its local sports writers, was just sort of overwhelming. And we had a number of people step up and offer financial support um, and say, hey, you know, we don't want to lose this coverage. We, we still care about our kids in the community and, and we still want to see these videos and articles and photo galleries. Um, so we put something together you mentioned called the 562.org. Uh, we are going to be a nonprofit, community funded local sports uh, journalism outlet. I, we sort of see that as the future with all of the corporate cuts going on. It's going to have to be kind of coverage by the people for the people. Um, so we should, I'm thinking probably by the time you get this up, we should actually have a website up with a place people can go. Uh, you can donate, you can subscribe, um, however you want to do it. We're not going to put the content behind the paywall uh, because we do still want the kids whose families can't afford coverage to be able to see all the videos and articles that we do. But um, what we're asking is for sort of everyone in the community who said, hey, this has value to us, Tell us how we can get you some money. Um, sign up for that recurring monthly subscription. You know, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, whatever you can do. Uh, and if we get enough people doing that, uh, along with sort of the generosity we've seen over the last few weeks of people stepping up with big donations, um, then we think we'll be around for a long time to come. Dude, I love it. That is a great story. That, that's 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 Long Beach right there, baby. And, and I joke about you. I'm a Titan. I went to school there. I know. I know. I know. I know. We, but. You're the, you're the only guy I give a pass to with the F hat on, Greg. <laughs> I, I only claim that during baseball season. I'm more of a long right. guy than a, than a Fullerton guy. I, during baseball, I got to show some support, but the rest of the time, man, I, I love Long Beach and the community. And shoot, when I first started at Student Sports 20 years ago, our office is right next door to Long Beach Poly. Right. Let's talk about Long Beach Poly football here, Mike. We got a new head coach. Let's get into it. Steve yes. Barbie. And when I saw this go down, um, the only guy I, I want to get on and, and talk about this was yourself. Talk about the process. Obviously, AP leaves. He goes to ASU. And right. if you can, I, you know, I, probably, I know you probably can't give me names, but was, was Barbie, was he the number one draft pick from the, very, from the get-go? Um, how many guys were involved? Were there, were there college guys involved? Were there guys from out of the area involved? Yeah. Break this whole process sure. down for me. The, so they, they put it out there, and, you know, the, the funniest thing to me, Greg, is, you know, people go, well, why is AP leaving? And I go, well, because the job pays $7,000 a year, and the fans expect you to win every game by 60, and it's getting harder and harder to get kids in and do the things that you've sort of always been able to do at public schools, right? So, of course, the guy goes and takes a six-figure Pac-12 job. Uh, it, that's, that's pretty understandable. They then advertise the site on the CIF website with just what, it, what it's been for the last 17 years, you know, uh, as a walk-on uh, coaching stipend job. And uh, they got some applicants, and I think they were looking for kind of a bigger and better crop of candidates. So they then re-advertised it with a teaching job, with a potential teaching job attached to it. Um, and from my understanding, that was when they really got a good crop of like two or three dozen really qualified coaching candidates, including a couple out-of-state guys uh, who I'm not necessarily as familiar with. 
Um, I know that Scott Meyer was one of the finalists, uh, who is a Long Beach guy who'd been uh, most recently at Servite, obviously. Um, and what I heard, the interview panel was the athletic director, the principal at Poly, the principal at PAL, which is uh, an accelerated learning campus uh, attached to the school, um, Willie McGinnis and Don Norford. So pretty Long Beach thorough vetted, you know, bona fide guys. Um, and my understanding was from the first moment that Barbie walked in, um, Willie and Don uh, really liked him. I mean, they just really thought he was the guy. So when I went in to talk to people at the school about what are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, his name really did pop up right from the beginning, um, which, you know, I think for a lot of us Long Beach guys, it, it, it's a little bit of a surprise. It's been 30 years since they hired a dude that didn't sort of come out of the community. You know, Jerry Jason was there from uh, 85 to 2000. He's a poly alum. Raul Lara was there from 2001 to 2013. He's a poly alum. And then, you know, AP, I mean, he went to Paramount, but he was kind of like a Long Beach Compton Paramount guy, right? He'd always been around and uh, he was certainly well known within the community. So to hire a, a guy coming from uh, out of area who, you know, is like, he'll be the first Caucasian coach at Poly who's not an alumni since Jim Barnett in 1984, uh, I think it definitely surprised a lot of people. So for those who don't know anything about Stephen Barbie, obviously coached at St. Margaret's, took last year off, but I talked to some people that I know in, in the South Orange County area who rave about him as a football coach and as a, as a person. For those who yeah. don't know much about this guy, Mike, how, what kind of a coach is he? Um, I, I don't know if you talked to you know, Rob or, or Don or Willie. What, what we'll was the biggest thing about him? You, you talked to everybody. Think, what was the biggest thing about this guy that kind of made those guys say, hey, this is our dude? I think the biggest thing was, with, with no disrespect to AP, because I, I really like AP, and I think he gets kind of a bad rap for people not necessarily understanding all of the uh, machinations of trying to coach at that school right now. Um, you know, he was a guy that, that was upfront about when he got hired, hey, I have a job on the East Coast, and, and that's how I pay my bills, and I'm going to have to be out there a few days a week. Um, and I think the number one thing I think Barbie is going to bring that they've needed is just stability. You're going to have a coach who's on campus every day. He's not even going to have a position on campus this school year, but he's still committed to being there every single day. Um, you'll, like, he, he just, he's sort of that guy where, okay, we know where he is. We know he's got uh, legitimate X and O coaching ability. He was winning uh, at a school that was obviously much smaller with much less talent available. Comes from the defensive side of the ball, was a middle linebacker. Um, he's got a multiple front defense that I really like a lot uh, and I think would be very effective at Poly. Anytime a coach walks into Poly, you know, by the time I met him, he'd already watched all of the film on the team from last year and broken it down. So he's talking to me about individual players coming back and how excited he is to use them in different ways. Uh, you know, it, but it's kind of like getting a new toy box, right, when you get to Poly because there is so much of that talent um, that he hasn't necessarily been able to work with. But I, I heard the same things as UGB. You know, everybody that's worked with him loves him. Um, I haven't heard any negative reviews or anything like that. It is probably going to be a little bit of a culture shock to go from South OC to Long Beach and particularly to the east side of Poly. Um, but he, he's, he seemed excited about it. I, I will say the kids, uh, he gave his uh, – J.D. and I were in the room when uh, Willie introduced him to the team and he sort of gave his first speech to the team. I didn't see anyone rolling their eyes or, you know, no one snuck out afterwards without talking to him. He seemed to connect with the kids very easily and very naturally, not in any kind of a forced way. 
Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens. It's definitely a bold move, but I think it may have been the smart one for them. You know, I, I like it, Mike, and I, I think you'll agree, agree with me on this on this point. You know, kind of going on some of the different you know Facebook pages and message boards. I think people thought, oh, you know, this guy's Mr. Rogers. You need a you know you need a brother in the community. I like the Mr. Here's Rogers my, jokes. Here's what <laughs> yes. I've seen. Here, here's what I've seen, and I, again, I, I know you've seen it too. So I, I again, I go 20 years back with Polly. You know, the Kent Herman Ho Ching and the Kenyon Rambo days, and Mercedes Lewis. Sure. And I've always heard this knock: Long Beach Poly kids, they're uncoachable. You know, they don't want structure. They don't want discipline. I've seen the right. opposite. These kids yes, want to be coached. Too. They want structure. Sure. This isn't. We're not talking about a school that's like in the middle of the hood where the kids are going to pull a knife on the coach. The poly kids, right? Me, and we we put on seven on seven tournaments. We've had issues with modern day kids, with Mission Viejo yes. kids. With, we never once had an issue with a Long Beach Poly kid. Like I've well, never once uh, you know, in my life on campus. Right. I, I, I just, of I've course always not. Didn't like that. I've never. I've always kind of thought that narrative about, oh, you got to. It's hard to coach the Poly kids because they don't want to be coached. I think right. they do. I think they want. No, that I mean, I, 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 I think. I, I, I think when we, you know, covering sports in Long Beach, we see a lot of. You know, I would say I find it a lot of it to not even be coded racism against kids in our community. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is sort of outright. Uh, when you hear people talk about kids as undisciplined and I go, you know, all this stuff that everyone was raving about with modern day's work ethic this year for the amount of time that they spent working out, uh, before practices and stuff like that, like, you know, Jerry Jaso was doing all that stuff in the nineties. You know, I mean, these, these alleged, like, right. If you go see the, uh, the De La Salle movie and they, they sort of paint Polly exactly the way you were talking. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that's not, that's not who Mercedes Lewis was. Mercedes Lewis was doing weight room before school started. Uh, so he could get in two sessions a day. You know what I mean? I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I've always seen, because there's a pride in the community and there's no sense of entitlement. Um, so you, you don't usually have those issues. Uh, and I, but yeah, exactly what you just said. I have way more trouble at Mission Viejo than I've ever had at Poly, um, just because the sort of a sense of entitlement to me is really the real danger with kids, not any kind of, uh, oh, I'm going to pull a knife on you or some kind of nonsense like that. No, I, I I was at the side, I was on the sidelines for that game, and I loved the Data Cell program. I disliked that movie for for a lot of reasons. I thought there were so many little things that Hollywood took little things at, and I said, dude, yeah. one thing. I go, there wasn't a single cheap shot in that game. There was there was right. no trash talking. It was it wasn't even it was two teams that had so much mutual respect for each other. So they kind of painted it as Pauly were these thugs that were doing this, and Data Cell were trying to survive. I mean. Dude, Dana Sal plays with a little bit of an edge to them. That's a whole other topic, but uh, no, I'm definitely right. So, hey, so, no. Go ahead, finish your thought. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, it's exactly that, but I think this is it, right? The, the people who write about Dana Sal tend to control the, you know, or modern day or whatever, tend to kind of control the narrative a little bit. So I, I remember the 2012 season when Polly won the Division I championship over modern day. That was a team that was putting in a completely new offense every week. You know, I mean, th- th- that's something that if if uh if if bob johnson had done it would have been on the front page of the oc register right but here's a poly team that went from a wide a widespread look to running with seven offensive linemen in the championship game over the course of three weeks 
and everyone's going, oh, I guess Laura's got the talent to win this year, you know, as opposed to, <laughs> wow, these kids really, this offensive line learned a new blocking scheme every single week. You know, I was in those film sessions. It was incredible. But uh, the people who sort of hold the keys on those narratives don't like to admit that maybe the, the coach at Long Beach Poly, who they don't get along with as well, is doing as good a job coaching as Rollo or Bob Johnson or some of their, uh, some yeah. of their buddies, you know. When they win, it's because they have better athletes. When they lose, it's because they were undisciplined. The coaches sucked, right? That's kind of how it's every been time, years. every time, <laughs> every year since you and I have been alive, for sure. <laughs> so bring me, bring me up to speed. And I know, I know you're busy. But next year's poly team, what do they have coming back? Um, what kind of, you know, what kind of opportunity does Coach Barbie have with these kids? Can they win? And then you kind of touched upon it just a little bit. And, and I agree with you. You know, AP and and some of the restrictions. I don't know if that's the right word, but. Uh, how hard is it to coach at Poly? And again, I don't know if you can get into it in terms of, you know, getting kids sure. to school and some of the stuff that, so just touch on that real quick. You know, Poly, yeah. obviously it's a public school. Give me a couple, you know, your two sets on that. And also break down next year's Poly team, where they have coming back and uh, what kind of season can we expect from Coach Barbie and the Jackrabbits? So uh, you mentioned sort of some of the, the political side of things. The deal in the, in the Long Beach Unified School District is, I, I believe only two high schools, I believe Polly and Wilson are the only two high schools that get more applications than they have spots for a freshman class. So in, in the old days, obviously a football coach, volleyball coach, basketball coach could walk a list over to the principal and say, hey, if you can make sure these guys get in, I'd really appreciate it, right? You know, no harm, no foul, it's all good. Um, the enrollment is now centralized in Long Beach at the district office. So the schools no longer get that say-so over, hey, this kid is a community kid who grew up two blocks from the school. He played Pop Warner here. He knows Willie McGinnis. He's an Eastside kid. Let's make sure he gets in. Um, and I, I've seen that just in the last couple of years. That is something that has never been a problem there. But since they've centralized that enrollment, all of a sudden, those kids are being forced into other schools that they don't want to go to. The problem is the Moore League instituted the one-year transfer rule. Um, so you, if you transfer from a Moore League school to another Moore League school within the Long Beach Unified School District, you have to sit out for a year. So that's led to situations like, for example, Jack Jones's little brother uh, couldn't get into Poly. He was sent to Cabrillo, and the school district literally told his dad, uh, we want him to go to Cabrillo for a year and then he can transfer to Poly as a sophomore. And, you know, the dad is like, you understand I've got other schools begging me to bring my kid there or whatever, right? And you're asking me to send him to, send him across the bridge to the west side for a year, not play football and then come over to Poly, right? Like, why would I do that? Uh, so that's something that, again, Jerry, Jason, Raul, Laura, none of those guys ever had to deal with stuff like that. That's just become an issue in the last few years. That's kind of the situation we're alluding to. Um, hmm, and we'll see if we'll see if the, if if the new coach and Willie being involved um, in a formal way as the director of football operations, we'll see if that that sort of changes at all. Um, you know, I understand by the books it, it, it's it, you're not supposed to do that stuff with getting football players in, but you and I both know if these kids are going to La Mirada High School or Downey or Paramount, they're not going to have any problem getting on campus, right? Um, sure, this sure. is a problem that has become specific to Long Beach schools, such as Poly, but Wilson as well. Um, and frankly, I, it drives me crazy because what the school district needs to understand is those kids don't go to Cabrillo or Jordan. They just go to Downey or St. Anthony, right? Like, or Bosco. Yep. Uh, yep. So they're kind of forcing some of these kids that really grew up in the Long Beach sports culture are feeling like they're kind of being forced out of their community, which, uh, which is heartbreaking for me on kind of a number of levels, I guess. <laughs>
So anyway, to answer your other question so about what's coming back. So hey, so, uh, hey, so you, you, yeah. you, you broke that down. Mike, you're too good, man. This is supposed to be like a quick little interview. <laughs> but you, dude, dude, I could talk to you for an hour. So let me just cut sure. you off real quick. So last year, um, I think for the first time in a few years, probably was able to actually get some, get some transfers in. You know, I saw Jalen Hall and, and Shari Cross from Matt Corral. Moving forward, right. is that going to still – are they going to still be able to get, you know, three to four? Because, shoot, man, in order to compete in D1, it's free agency season right now, right? So is that like a one-year deal, or are they going to be able to get, you know, three to four guys to be able to transfer into the program every year? Well, the, the deal there is still, as I understand it, if you're in the state of California, if, if you're a public school and someone shows up and says, hey, I want to go to high school here and I live in the city, you, you've got to admit them. So what they had last year was some dudes who were seniors where due to dropouts or kids transferring or discipline stuff, you'll, you'll usually have a little bit more space in that senior class. So when the kids walked in and said, we want to go to school here, um, you know, they've got to be admitted. They've got to be enrolled. So that, that's what happened there. I have no idea if that sort of gate to the castle is going to get slammed shut or, <laughs> you know, if that's <laughs> going to remain a, a viable thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I think we probably all, listen to your guys' show, I think we all probably agree. If a kid wants to go to high school, if they feel it's a good opportunity for them, for me, especially if it's a public high school, I just don't really see the value in excluding them from doing that. So I don't really have an answer to your question, but I, uh, I hope so, I guess. No, no, I'm, we're all about public schools here, so 100%. Okay, now – Get to next year's poly team, Coach Barbie. How good can this Jackrabbit team be? Uh, I think it's going to depend on where they go, GB. I mean, if they're still slotted in D1, which that first-round playoff win probably means they'll stay up there, you know, I just, I just believe it's a two-horse race right now with modern-day and Bosco. I mean, they're just loaded in a different way in the way that those poly teams in the 90s were but in a sure. way that no one else that I really see is right now. You know, that, that poly team had about eight offensive linemen in the program last year. Um, and I go over to Bosco, and their third string O line they're running in practice looks like they could tear your house down if they wanted to, you know. Yeah. So yeah. They, they do. They do have a lot of talent. I'm a huge believer in Jake Garcia. Um, okay. He's a sophomore quarterback. He's already got the offers from Indiana and San Jose State. I think he's an absolute stud. Um, yep, I think in the offense that uh, that TJ Hushmanzada is going to bring in as the offensive coordinator, um, I think he's a perfect fit for that. Uh, and so I think offensively, they've already got a lot of pieces. I also think the Markham brothers, for me, are two guys uh, that I think could really, really have a special year last year. Um, you know, seeing them as sophomores, to me, I kind of put them on that track of, uh, you know, maybe not quite the juju, but they were dudes where as 10th graders, they really turned your head. And last year they did. They, they stayed on that sort of improvement path that you want to see a kid on, you know. So I'm, I'm excited to see where they go next year. Those are the three for me that, you know, we, I'm sort of already thinking about the features I'm going to do about them uh, that I think are just sort of next-level talents. The, the question will just be, you know, admitting a freshman class, can they start getting the depth back that they've always had there uh, that they've been missing recently, especially up front? Uh, you know, and that's, that, that to me is the biggest thing, especially if they stay in Division One. They've just got to not be in a situation where if one kid gets a calf cramp, they don't have a right guard or something, you know? Which is insane because, again, you know, those old poly teams that, that Coach Jaso coached, they had, they had 20 guys on both sides of the ball. It was that crazy. Was big as a house. And now it's like you said, like right. four or five dudes. And when I saw them last year, and, again, I, I, I don't, I'm not there like every day in practice the way you are, but when I, I forgot what game I, I saw, but I was like, you, like this is Polly's offensive-defensive line. Like it was such a right. shock for me because I'm so used to the old, you know, having three or four giant, you know, Polynesian kids yes. and a couple of black kids and, you know, it just like right. it was. It looked like 
Ocean View High School. My alma mater is offensive line. Right. Like, no, listen, that. listen. The the, uh, the 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 community's been raided. You know, <laughs> I know I know that's how I know that's how Willie looks at it. I mean, those kids are still in the community. They're still Eastside kids like that. But uh, but at the moment, they're not at Poly. I think uh, more than Stephen Barbie. I think a, a lot of the question of the up or down for this program coming up is going to depend on. You know, Willie McGinnis has officially come on board. He's the director of football operations. How much can he kind of put the community back together and start getting those kids back to Poly? I mean, I really do think that's going to be the biggest question. Man, I'm fascinated to watch that. I, I, I knew Willie was involved. I didn't know he was the, uh, the director of football ops. I'm kind of seeing more, more and more schools kind of going to, ha- to having a guy like that on, on their staff. So that's kind of a good thing. Obviously, Willie, no one's more well-respected and and not just Long Beach, sure. but shoot all of Southern California with those, uh, no doubt. those USC ties. So, dude, Mike, you were awesome. I know I kept you long, but, uh, dude, this was fun, man. We didn't get to talk about Long Beach State boys volleyball. Number yeah. one in the nation. I'm <laughs> yeah, right, when that. they win the national championship. Yeah, when, when they win the national championship, bring me back on. We'll talk men's dude, volleyball for your, fo- for your football crowd. I'm going to claim that. Absolutely. <laughs> dude, Mike, no, we're definitely going to get you on again. I appreciate you, man, and, uh, and we'll talk soon, right, Mike? Okay, for sure, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Mike, Mike G, 562.org. Make sure you get to the website. Appreciate you for coming on the Transparent Truth. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, we appreciate Mike for coming on and, again, sharing kind of his thoughts, his feelings, and also a lot of really good information mm-hmm. about guys who came in to interview for the interview process and how Barbie kind of stood out from the beginning with Willie, Willie McGinnis and the track coach. Um, yeah, Don Norford. Don Norford. What about Willie being the director of football ops? I don't think either one of us knew that. Yeah, no, that's, that's very interesting because if somebody in that community, in the city, can get folks to rally around Long Beach Poly football and get things done, it's the former Super Bowl champion, Willie McGinnis. Yeah, heck yeah. And, and the cool thing about Mike, man, is if you could probably hear it in his voice, he is so passionate about Long Beach. No and question. if you follow, you got to follow him on Twitter. Like, if you ran track at Poly, and not just Poly, all of Long Beach, but if you ran track there, if you played girls volleyball, if you play football, man, he knows who you are. Yeah. And man, he is rooting for you. He's probably talked to you a hundred times. So, uh, it's always good to get a guy like that who just loves what he's doing. 562.org, push people to that website, man. Support both him and JJ. They do a phenomenal job. They're all about the kids. Uh, I I love what those guys do. Yeah, no question about it. But that's going to bring our show to a close here. The offseason, seven-on-seven recruiting, coaching hires. That's what we're here for, the transparent truth. We appreciate you for joining us. Catch us on Friday. we got a terrific interview with newly minted um, interim head coach at Oaks Christian High School, Mr. Charlie Collins, is going to be joining us. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.